Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the In and Around podcast. I am one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Dave Harris. Hello. And Mikey Breslin. Hello. Mikey so, uh, Breslin, I like that. <laughs> a bit of a difference this week. Um, so what's the pod all about? Well, every week, three mates get together to discuss what's going on in the world of football. Um, at the moment, we're taking this opportunity to discuss some of our favourite and least favourite things in football's past and just having a general discussion about Silly questions. In this episode, we are once again uh, reaching into the old mailbag and we've had a few questions sent in and we're going to try and answer them as best we can. If you have any questions, please email us at inandaroundpod at gmail.com or send us them on Twitter at inandaroundpod. But before all that, how are you? Are you both okay? Are you surviving? Are you still standing, Dave? I can see you chuckling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good, thanks, Well, Just plodding along really as we are every week it seems at the moment we're podding along i like it we are along. you're right Bryce? yeah no doing well uh funny you should say i'm still standing because we watched uh rocket man last night as a oh, did you how was it actually, actually very good it's great isn't it yeah really good um didn't think i'd enjoy it particularly but no it was a good watch i'm a big fan of taron egerton so... i was gonna say mike you you love him don't you i'm a, yeah, big... I love a bit of kingsman I'm a big fan of him in the first Kingsman. The second Kingsman, I've never been so disappointed in a film, I feel like. I remember just being in the cinema like, Excuse oh. me? When I Mark Strong... Leave, I may have to leave the call. <laughs> when Mark Strong is singing about... Um... Uh, no spoilers. Just to say... Well, the, you know, Mike. You know the scene. It's, it's yeah, hard. Yeah. The Elton John um, joke in Kingsman 2, however, <laughs> is brilliant. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's introduce the first question this week um this segment is sponsored by the athletic it's not <laughs> sponsored by the athletic it's an idea that came from the athletic um, they asked uh, their staff writers to all to pick a five-a-side premier league team um only allowed to pick one player from each team so we thought oh that'd be interesting enough that we would try and each pick a team um it sort of worked out that none of us we tried to stay away from each other's players that we were going to pick so um Let's run through the teams very quickly. Um, Dave, do you want to go first? you want to talk me through your team? Yeah. Uh, Depravka and goal. Sienci at the back. De Bruyne and then Mane Richarlison. Okay. Do you want to talk me through some of your, your reasons? I, I thought you were just introducing the lineups, but fine. Uh, well, Depravka is one of the best keepers. Just shot stopper, which you want really in five side. Um, Sanchez pretty good on the ball, I'd say. You sort of want someone that can do that, not like a woolly-bolly, no-nonsense centre-back back there. Uh, De Bruyne, obviously, Fred the passes, great on the ball, good in confined spaces, exactly what you want. Mane and Richarlison both work very, very hard, both pretty pacey. Um, Mane's probably been one of the best players in the, the league this year. Um, I just like Richarlison, to be honest. I think he'd do quite well in a five-side team. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, have you got any thoughts on that team? Because I do. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just so you know the orders, uh, Dave picked first, so he had the pick of everyone. Although I don't think he knew this is how we were doing it at the time. No, I so didn't. We, we kind of let him off. Doesn't matter. He still um, had them. He still had the pick of everyone. I'm intrigued by Cianchu a little bit. Yeah, me I, too. I know he's solid at the back. My concern in five-a-side is how good he is on the ball. Uh, 
And then uh, De Bruyne and Mane, you can't argue with that. There's no, there's, there's no arguments there. <laughs> Probably the two best players in the league. Um, Richarlison's an interesting one for me. <laughs> <laughs> Shall, considering, I mean, I've got I've got Kane and Will's got Aguero just to just to give you a sneak peek, which means even after that, you've still got some really good players around. Raul Jimenez, um, Vardy, who I almost chose. Danny Ings was, was in Ings. that, and I changed my mind. You got Giroud, you got Tammy Giroud. Abraham, Human yeah, Son, Batchway, I like Batchway, Batchway, would... Ben Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have Wesley. Um, anyway, quickly, uh, I'm concerned... About your team, uh, for, I'm actually concerned about Soldier for a totally different reason than you are, Mike. I I, I think he'd probably be okay on the ball, but he every time I watch him, whenever some I remember watching him try and play one on one versus Aguero a bit and just get shredded. <laughs> he just didn't seem particularly mobile or agile, so I'm a bit worried there. Um, yeah, I think you could get away with that if the other, the three other players there was one that had that would drop in a bit more. Yeah, but it's not really. Charleston will drop it, Mike. He'll be up and down the pitch for the entirety of the game. <laughs> no, he okay. won't. Okay. He won't. He's a workhorse. <laughs> I'm glad he's a workhorse because he's not good. Um, I'd also like, I'd also raise the question that while Dubravka's a really good shot stopper, I'm, I mean, are you going to be getting the, are you going to be getting, Kicking the balls out the cages because that's all I've ever seen him do with the ball at his feet. Like, what? no, he's gonna roll it into a Charleston. He's gonna come close. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is there any way Richarlison isn't gonna be? In this <laughs> he's taking all the kicks. Well, he won't be making any saves because he's not allowed. But if it was rush keeper, he'd be in there. I think. <laughs> I think both mine and Mike's teams would have you. But to be honest, but. Um, Mike, do you want to give us your team? Uh, yep, I'm good to go. So, keeper De Gea, uh, and then Laporte as my uh, main defender. Wijnaldum, kind of in between Traore and Kane, um, which I think is pretty well balanced, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you've got a spine. Uh, yeah, considering I picked, that, I, think I've, I think I've done okay there. <laughs> yeah, I think I've done um, all right. Dave, what do you think of that team? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely more regimented than mine. Um, pretty nice. <laughs> I'd say what is definitely stable. Um, pretty good spine to it, and Triore's just got raw pace, which is going to cause havoc for anyone, to be honest. Bit of an expert. It's very strong. He's a tank. Yeah. Um, I think Wine Album's probably the perfect five-a-side player. After yeah. Charleston, of course, Will. <laughs> yeah, after Charleston, of course. Yeah, I was amazed he was still left out there, to be honest. I think it's a case, I think it's a case of... Uh, but you've got Van Dijk and Mane, so... Well, I've got Mane. He's got Mane. I well, know, but I mean you two. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you can't. I tell you what, though. I look at yours and I'm like, I feel like you need that one more player that could go past the man, you know? The thing is with Harry Kane, he's a brilliant oh. striker, but... If I was going Tottenham, I'd be more tempted to go Son. Yeah. But it's a matter of personal preference. Kane just bags, man. He does just bags. Yes. 
going to be so many chances, I imagine, just from Adama being able to blitz past everyone. To be honest, probably actually be able to play it into him more. Than... Yeah, I, don't know if, I don't know if we have to be that clever. We just need to give it to Triore. <laughs> Are we are we going? Are we getting Wolves Triore or are we getting Aston Villa fifteen minute cameos Triore? That's my question. Uh, if you'd like me to put an A next to his name, I'm I'm happy to do that. <laughs> um, so my team, which uh, you can see, I picked pick kind of a solely based on just how much I feel like they could just go past anyone. Mainly, um, I've got. Rui Patricio in goal. Um, he's sort of like a necessity for me because um, if I was, if you were taking like any players in the league to play five side, I would start keeper wise, not looking for any further than Allison and Edison. And I did actually think about Kepper for this because he's good with his feet, but then I thought also about jumping off a cliff. Um, <laughs> Leno's uh, a decent shout, actually. Yeah, Len- Leno, Leno would have been a really good shout. I just like Rui Patricio. He's got a old head on his. Uh, you need that one old guy at five side who shouts at everyone to get back. Um, shout out to Lee. Um, we've got, <laughs> we've got, uh, I've got Van Dyke. Van Dyke's just going to sit, sweep, and he's underrated on the ball, I think, Van Dyke a little bit. Um, now I've got... He is a little bit underrating him, Will. Because people don't talk... People, when people talk about Laporte, they talk about Laporte on the ball. They don't talk about Van Dyke on the ball. That's because the port doesn't have to defend, whereas Van Dyke actually defends. Is this because you saw a Twitter account called Mane Mania say that Gomez <laughs> on the ball for one horror tweet? Everyone's underrating Van Dyke on the ball. Yeah, he's very. I know. I just think maybe he just needs a little bit more recognition of how good he actually is on the he's ball. He's regarded okay. as one of the best centre backs, if not the best in the yeah, world. Yeah, no yeah. Is... No, 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 no. It's underrating yeah. Virgil. I can't no, no, know no. what you're getting at. But... They're not underrating him as a player. They're, They're underrating his particular skill he has. Yeah. yeah. Not him as a player. No one's underrating That's fantastic. That's what I'm getting at. Anyway, don't cover... Don't, uh, I'm not taking any criticism off you. <laughs> fucking Richarlison up front. Well, I'm sure Richarlison would bang against both games. So. I don't think he would. He um, would. He'd run so hard. He'd have if the so game is long sense. enough. Yeah, well, we blame for a week because then he might he might get it when we've when they've all gone with the ball off the pitch and he brings his own ball he might get one. Um, then I've got Kovacic because Kovacic can uh, tackle, but is anyone getting the ball off him? I don't think so. The man just he's not scoring any goals, but he's just going to keep <laughs> the ball for days. Um, and then I've got Rashford because I was watching his assist versus Bournemouth today, and he's got everything. Pace, power, finishing, but he's just a tricky little bastard. Um, and then I've also got Aguero because Aguero's a perfect five as five striker. He scores any goal, any chance you give him. He only needs a yard, and he's looking at if putting them up against each other. He's destroying Dubravka and Soyuncu, and he is just he's decimating Laporte. I just I just fancy him against anyone, anyone. Say, I, I mean, even in even in my five side training, I take him over Van Dijk. He's just going to bully him, bully him. Anyway, honourable mention to Abamyang, who none of us have picked. Either. Oh, I'm taking an Arsenal striker. I'm taking Lacazette for Abamyang in five side. I was also thinking nah. Tony Martial, to be honest, as maybe yeah. no, because. Well, it's funny you say Aguero tearing apart 
the Pravka because the one time they played this season it was 2-2 and, and the guy made 11 saves and Aguero didn't bag so mm-hmm. that's anyway, more as... because Aguero didn't play I take it all back chap <laughs> <laughs> Uh, didn't didn't the Guerra score five past the Bravka? Nah. Was the well, Bravka in goal? Must have been Carl Darlo. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say we we nicked this from the Athletic, so so they're the most selected players from their writers. If you want to hear their their five side team, yeah, is uh, De Gea in goal, um, Matinho who yeah well, went for. we discussed him before the podcast because he's yeah, always we did talk about him. sitting and he's just got lovely close control and everything um trent and de bruyne which none of us took trent either which is interesting because i want uh, an aguero, aguero up front which is fairly yeah, yeah. well uh, that's a pretty good team but i, I think I'd back some of our teams against that team. I would back mine and yours against it, yeah. Oh, get out. <laughs> I wouldn't back yours. I'm sorry. I can't look at Rich- I can't look at Richarlison. You can't you De Bruyne and Mane. Yeah, De Bruyne and Mane's tasty. Yeah, Another one we-, we we didn't pick Grealish. Couldn't wouldn't wouldn't have a pick him, Mike. No, neither would I, but He'll be too busy at the courts before the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'll be too busy drinking before the before the game starts on the side. Um, with Ross right, McCormick. Let's. Who do we? So, who do we? Whose team do we reckon wins in a round robin? Richarlison easily, just by himself. It's hard because um, Dave's got the two best players in the league. But he's starting every game. I don't think are great. He's starting every game a man down. <laughs> is that just a handicap because Richarlison's on the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> no, my team's well balanced, but I don't necessarily think it I, wins I the think, round robin. I don't think you have the X factor. I think Wills. Yeah. I think Wills takes this. To be honest, Rashford's pacey, but can maybe do a bit more than I'd say Adama Traore. Every single one. The question for me is: Does Aguero and Van Dijk beat De Bruyne and Mane? No. Oh yeah. No. At five aside. No. This is my (laughs) thing about De Bruyne. At five. What do you mean, De Bruyne? He's got some of the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, I don't think he's as good a five aside player as Aguero. Yes, because he'll have Mane going down one wing and Richarlison down the other. There's going to be so many avenues. But there's. But you see, so you... he doesn't have to worry because Richarlison's back as no, well. No, you so see, you've got, no, you've got no structure or spine to your team at all. It's Richarlison, will we? No. <laughs> no, can you just think, Van Dyke's just going to clean up Richarlison's mistake all day of the week and he's going to send it to Kovacic. Mazy little run past everyone, <laughs> past the one person you have defending in Soyuncu, whose legs are made of no, clay. And then he's just going to pass it to Aguero. We don't even need to talk about Rashford. But if we do need to talk about Rash, but he's there. No chance there. Yeah. No chance. I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. No chance. I can't... <laughs> I, I can't back any team with Richarlison. <laughs> he's just a scrub. He's he's fucking terrible. Um. Anyway. I'd love to get some listener opinions on that, because I actually don't know the answer. Yeah, we'll um, we'll probably we'll put up our teams on Twitter and we'll set up a poll, and then you can yeah. vote. But if you 
if you don't have Twitter, please instead let us know by emailing us at inandaroundpod at gmail.com. Um, next question. Two players who never played together that you would love to see play together. Mike's uh, took the easy answer here. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> well, I, Mike's is interesting because I don't think it would work, but do you want to introduce it, Brad? I don't care about whether it works or not. The, the question is, the question says that you'd love to see play together. No, so, no, no. So I would love to see Messi and Ronaldo together. Just imagine the absolute scenes of that. One of them taking on five and then just playing it to the other. And then the other just sits the keeper down and passes it back. <laughs> oh, my God. It could be, be disgusting. You wouldn't even need any other players. Apart from Richarlison going up and down the flank. <laughs> if you mention Richarlison one more time, I'm ending this podcast right here. Um, <laughs> I don't think it would be fun. Oh, come on. Oh, well, come on. Seriously. No, I'll tell you what, you've got two players who, to play at that oh, absolute peak, have to have, have to have the offence run totally through them. Who's taking a back seat, Messi or Ronaldo? They don't need to. It's no, like... someone's got to take a back seat. Ronaldo can about, play on the wing. MSN. And either, either, so could Messi. And they could also play through the middle. So, MSN, problem. MSN worked cause they, because of who the three players were. They were all committed to sort of sacrificing a bit of their game. There is no way. Yeah, so that, that was three of them. Now we're talking about two. All right, if we get to we get to game three of the season, Messi's got four goals, Ronaldo's got two. Ronaldo's taken nine shots every minute just to try and get more goals than him. It's never... Yeah, he probably sticks a few in the, in the goal as well. Yeah, but... It, just imagine watching those two it, in the same team. be terrible. Terrible. Oh. The question says that I would love to see <laughs> yeah. play together, and I would love. I would love, love it. it. I would love it if they played together. Would, it would be love more it. interesting to see to see like two weeks in, all the rumours start coming out of whatever club. Like, oh, Cristiano's unhappy with how the club treats Messi because that would be oh, what. It'd be, happened. it'd be an absolute shit show, but it would be, be shit, great. It would be a shit show really on the pitch and on. when they play Mate. together. If they play together near the start of their careers. They just blossom into being an unbelievable partnership. But if you put them together no, now, no, established. Well, as so no, long cause... as you got Amazon or um, Netflix in the in the dressing room, we need a we need a documentary on that that season or six months or whatever because that would okay. be an incredible view. Right, you've got Messi and Ronaldo in a front three. Who's the other play you pick? It doesn't even matter. It could be anyone. Bring I'm thinking Danny in retirement. He's the he's the target man, and they just play off him. This would the crowd, the, the big this, Kiwi, Ryan this Nelson, would be the worst partnership you'd ever. Because if you put them at the start of their career, like Dave said, one of them is not going to grow into the player that he became. And if you put them together now, could you imagine how petulant Ronaldo would get? Could you imagine? Oh, it would be terrible. It, would it doesn't matter when you win six terrible. Champions Leagues in a row. But they're not <laughs> going to win six Champions Leagues. They're not going to beat Getafe. They're going to be too busy fighting with each other. Messi's oh, going to refuse no. to pass to him. Ronaldo's going to refuse to pass to him. You're going to have, like, I don't know, Borger and Gale- Inglacia sticking four past whoever scrubs in goal. I don't know. <sighs> I think it'd be great to watch. Oh, it'd be terrible. Dave, please, get me out of this discussion. <laughs> Well, 
mine is probably not as exciting. Mine's more practical. Henri and closer. Take a step back towards practicality. Well, yeah, after rabbiting on about the R word that I won't mention in case Will stops recording. Um, <laughs> yeah, Thierry Henri and Miroslav Closer. Um, Henri, probably one of the best out and out finishers of his generation, possibly ever. Closer, also a great finisher, but more of someone in the air. Uh, someone that would be able to hold up the ball more. Um, just have more of a physical presence. And I've I think they would play off each other pretty well. Both of them are good at passing as well. Um, so I just think in terms of looking for a, a practical pairing up top that never played together, two great players as well. Um, I'd be pretty interested to see how they played together. Um, would be pretty exciting. Not quite Messi and Ronaldo punching each other, but I'd definitely be up there. Um. Mark, what do you think of the idea of Henry and Closer playing together? Uh, Henri. Henri, yeah, sorry. I was sorry. Sorry, I was reading it on my phone. <laughs> I saw that from Martin Tyler on... Uh, was it, is it Martin Tyler on FIFA? He's like, Henry, Henry. Henry. Yeah. I, I think I've told you to, but have you, have you played since Bruno Fernandes has been at United? Yes. Oh, <laughs> my God. Bruno Fernandes! <laughs> what? Like, flange? Bruno Flange. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Any Henry and closer. Yeah, I uh, I think Dave's right about this. They would be pretty lethal, I'd imagine. Mm. Um, they kind of complement each other, which is nice. Uh, you stick either of them in the other one's team that they already played in, and they would just destroy that. Ars- if you put closer in that Arsenal team. He'd get a lot of goals, and if you put Henri in any cl- team that Closer played for, he'd get a lot of goals. They already both got a lot of goals separately, so imagine what, what could happen if you put them together. Do you think Henri turns facilitator rather than being the main scoring threat? I would imagine. Well, I think, but I think they both have the capacity to do that, which is why I think it would work so well. They wouldn't be a one-dimensional partnership. You wouldn't have to think, oh, we've got to hit Henri first or hit closer or hit closer than Henri. They'd be able to do both. No, but you know you know how partnerships typically go that one of them, one person takes a back seat in a way and facilitates. I think you'd uh, probably look to play in Henri first. And then, really? You know, you'd play in Henri, he'd play it into closer to then probably look at playing it back to Henri but it depends how the team's playing if there's a team that puts it up in the air you're obviously going to hit closer to get down for Henri but if you're playing on the floor you'd probably hit Henri give it to closer Henri would run in behind the defence like he used to and you'd hope closer would find him I guess I'm just thinking more in terms of that Invincibles team even assuming you put closer in that means probably means Dennis Bergkamp's not in it so someone needs to play that almost link role that Dennis Bergkamp used to play at times and Henri is what holds a Premier League record for assists so he's pretty pretty creative so I just wondered what kind of how interesting it would be to watch him in a almost a deeper role but oh well that would be interesting It'd be a bit of a shame knowing how good a finisher he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it would be interesting just to see what would happen. 
There's um there's a really interesting article again. This is an out on the Athletic, and we don't have a code to give you. Um, but it's <laughs> Frank Sinclair talks about um who's best uh making a you know when they do a Frankenstein and they make a player. Um, this, and he goes for Henri's speed and he just talks about how lightning quick Henri was. And I was watching some highlights the other day and I was just like, this guy, because he's quite tall and quite lanky, but he is ruthlessly quick. Um, just quickly on closer, do you think closer is a bit underrated? How well do you think he's going to be remembered, Dave? I mean... Given the fact that he's the record scorer in World Cups, I'd say at the moment pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know. I it's weird. It's one of those where I'm not sure people will necessarily remember him for being one of the top strikers in his, like a good striker, but not a a top top striker. Um, just because of some of the people that were around when he was. Um. I'd I'd argue that you know maybe someone like Samuelato would be remembered more than closer. I I would imagine. Probably. Interesting that. He's got um, seventy one in one hundred and thirty seven for Germany. Yeah, uh, uh, Miroslav Klose's record for Germany is insane. Insane. He was incredibly talented. Um, I've gone for a another strike partnership. Um, myself. Um. I've gone for Michael Owen and Olivier Giroud. And we've sort of half seen this already with... Because um, I was watching uh, Owen and Heskey highlights because this lockdown... Goodness me, what part of the internet yeah, are you this, on? This lockdown has really broken me. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know something's bad when you see a video of Julio's Liverpool and you click on it. You know it's getting bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so starved of football. Um, anyway, I was watching it and I was like, well, Heskey, Crimean... Again, we keep you throwing around the word Crimean underrated, but Heskey's almost a bit of a meme now. And He was a good player. He was unbelievably good like he was sort of like big bruiser used to batter the strikers and then put little Owen through on goal with in Owen was lightning and I just was watching that I was thinking what about someone who was probably even better at linking play playing with a, someone the caliber of Owen because Giroud's link up play is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal talk about people that are underrated in my view Giroud is definitely underrated <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about it, though, because he's got... I think we've talked about it before, but he has, what, 90-something appearances for France? Giroud, yeah. He's like the third-highest goal well. scorer. Third-highest goal scorer for France. We've been out this week that... Because uh, it's just for posterity, it's re- we've recorded on, like... This is recorded Saturday the same week that Benzema has been yeah. talking shite about Giroud. And then people keep defend. People are defending Benzema, saying Giroud didn't have his, um, a single shot on target during the World Cup. I was like, this is when you see people not understanding what makes a team win because you've got Mbappe and Griezmann on the wings. You don't really need him to score goals. You need him to occupy, occupy space and link up play. And there's no better person in world football, I don't think, than Giroud at linking, linking the play. To be honest, while remaining completely selfless. And just happy to do a job for the team, but um, so I, don't, I just think, uh, to be honest, this could apply for any sh- quick poacher of a striker. 
that needs a strike partnership. I mean, give me Giroud and Henri. I don't really care. I just give me Giroud and Giroud. Imagine. Giroud and Aguero would be lovely. Really like to see that. Um, but anyway, that was my yeah, one. That'd be tasty, Giroud and Aguero. Yikes! Anyone got an honourable mention they want to talk about? Uh, yes. And again, with Mike, you arguing his isn't practical. Not sure how practical this would be, but Vidic and Ricardo Cavallio sprung to mind as being what could have been an unbelievable centre-back partnership. Incredibly practical. Could not be more well, practical. What you've done, I, thought Mes- I thought Messi and Ronaldo could be practical, but you didn't think so. Well, no, because Ricardo Carvalho has a lot of similarities with Rio Ferdinand, and Nemanja Vidic has a lot of similarities with John Terry. So you've sort of like they'd be fun to watch. They, I tell you that's what, that's for sure. I tell you what, they would be fun to watch because anytime Ricky sees playing, it's fun to watch. And Emmanuel Vidic is a bulldog. Oh God, I love Vidic so much. Yeah, what a player! Just so much. Um, Mike, you got an honourable mention? Um, I haven't got any noted down. To be fair, have, have you got one? I do have one, and I've I've got I've got absolutely no reasoning for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love. I just wrote down the words Pirlo and Essien, and I've absolutely no idea why. <laughs> because I I just think there's two players that two midfield players obviously that I hold a special place in my heart for. I think Pirlo's one of them. The fact that Pirlo was in spans a generation where he sort of ran into at the end Xavi and Iniesta means that he's almost sort of. Not overlooked, but um, it's the it's kind of like how I feel about Cristiano Ronaldo. That if Cristiano Ronaldo had come some ten years' time, we're having a much different conversation about how good he is and his um, putting him up against Messi. I think if Pirlo had come five or six years earlier than Xavi and Iniesta, we would talk about him as we'd be like, well, Xavi and Iniesta are great, but oh, do you remember Pirlo from a few years back? Um, I just think he had such an unbelievable range of passing. Was incredible, could control the game. And that's why almost when you saw him at his best in Milan, he had two destroyers either side of him. And basically what I'm trying to do with this is I was saying I would like to have seen Essien instead of Ambrosini in that AC Milan team because I would have liked to have watched Essien murder people. with Literally, him, Essien and Gattuso, I'm not convinced anyone gets through that midfield. Because the two, the two of them are just going to murder people. Like Catuso is going to literally murder you with an axe, and Essien's just going to just murder you with his work rate. He's up and down, up and down, up and down. He was unbelievable for Chelsea. I just would love to have seen them two play together. I don't know why. Mainly, I just wanted to see a, see them two play in the same midfield rather than actually play close together. Almost. Uh, I have one other that I thought of. Is it Andy Cole related? No, it's not. It's, not it's Andy Cole, Charleston. I'm kicking you off the call. <laughs> no, I was just thinking uh, De Bruyne and Kante would be quite interesting, to be honest. Um, just in terms of them allowing each other to do what they do, I think would be interesting. Or maybe even, I wanted to say Pogba and De Bruyne, but Pogba only really in France because we've not, not seen him. Mike's rolled his eyes so hard there. Yeah, I, thought, I watched. Um, never coming back down. 
<laughs> watch the highlights of France Argentina from the 2018 World uh, Cup. Yeah, I watched that the other day. And my word, did he have a good game, and it just pissed also. me off even more. <laughs> Do you know who also had a really good game in that one? Um, also, Mendy. Yep. Um, has a really good game. France Argentina or France Uruguay, where Pavard scored that ridiculous goal. Yeah, it was uh, Argentina. What a hit that is. Oh my god. What a goal. That stays it. Yeah. And the way he hits it is just. I've got what I've got one more. Um, uh, Billy Gilmore and Zidane. Just so, just so, just so Zidane watches and sees how good he could have been. Um, uh, oh boy, I like that. We're gonna move on. <laughs> who? The next question is: was who had the best season in the last ten years? Not named Ronaldo or Messi. So um, you can go back as far as the 09-10 season, which enabled me to pick Frank Lampard's 27-goal season for midfield, but I didn't do that because I didn't do it. I wish I had, but <laughs> I didn't do it. Um, who wants to go first? I'll happily take mine away, to be honest. Take me away. Um, so I picked a player from the Barca treble-winning team of 2014-15, and I've gone for Neymar. Uh, Neymar that season he had 51 games in all comps, 39 goals, 10 assists. Um, so they won the Champions League, Copa del Rey, and also the La Liga. Um, Neymar this year, I was watching some clips. He was just really playing with so much confidence. Um, you could argue maybe this was the peak of Amazon um, before they got disbanded. It was. With, uh, this was pretty much peak Neymar. Yeah, the disbanding of MSN is something that will always be a what could have been, I think, for years to come. Keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> um, oh, do you know he's going back or something, Will? <laughs> Apparently, no, apparently we're, we're going back. for him, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're back in for him, despite not having any money. Well, so keep your eyes peeled for an article that we're writing. Um, but Neymar this year, well, I say this year, not this year, 2014-15, he, um, he was just a big game player this year. He scored in the finals of both the Champions League and Copa del Rey. Um, he actually scored 10 goals and 12 in the Champions League, which is good by anyone's standards. Uh, the two players we weren't allowed to mention also scored 10 goals in the Champions League in this season. Um, and he only scored... <laughs> No, it was uh, Danny Ingswell. Um, he only scored three of these 10 goals in the group stage. Um, in the quarters and semis, he scored one goal in each of the first legs, two goals in each of the second. Um, wow. Just really big game player. Really turned up when they needed him. He scored in the so final? much confidence, just destroying defenders. He did score in the final, didn't he? Yeah, I've already... Yeah. Sorry, sorry. He scored in both the Copa del Rey final and the Champions League final. Um, and he just destroyed defenders for the entire year Uh, just I'd say probably the most confident Neymar that there's ever been Uh, he just was going out every week wanting to play his game (laughs) Um, sort of before you could argue he got too big for his boots Um, but in the league they scored 110 goals 
only conceded 21, got 94 points. Surprisingly, Real Madrid actually didn't win the league getting 92 points and they scored more goals than this Barca team. I think it was 120-something. Mm. Um, what a season in the league. Yeah. <laughs> no one else got any points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, this point. Wait. Sorry. Is it the season before that um, Atletico won the league? Uh, Atletico won at 13-14, so it's the season after. Yeah, so is it? So this is Suarez's first season, isn't it? Yes. Because yes. that season is fascinating, because at the start, um, they started Messi in the middle, the Suarez, Suarez, Suarez. I got my tongue tied. And they started Suarez wide right. And Neymar sort of came the year before and sort of like it slowly grew into the team. But when it first started, the balance was all off and it was so weird. I remember watching it and be like, this just, you've got three great players, but it just doesn't work. Kind of like how when you watch Barca now with Griezmann, it just doesn't click. Um, and then yeah. they move Messi wide right. And could you imagine being a centre-half, defending, and you've, you've got Suarez in the middle coming off the best season of his life. Um, and then you've got Neymar on the left, who can beat 12 men at any point. And then you've got the best player ever on the right. What a frightening prospect that is. It, it will never be... Even as someone who hates Barcelona with a passion, it will never disappoint me more that we never we didn't get to, we didn't get more seasons of these three together yeah because if, even if he is to go back now um it's very like Suarez, Suarez so over the hill really aren't they to be honest well Suarez has declined Messi's still yeah but I mean even if you get another good season out of them it's not going to be like a, a long time I'd imagine yeah. Neymar this season was also only 22, 23. So it's really, I'd say, the season where Neymar went from being a great talent. To, he went from being. To, this was the season he, he really proved himself, I think, to the world that the hype around Neymar was correct. He, 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 went, from being, um, he went from being the little kid that we all um, had heard was going to be the next big thing to actually being the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the best Neymar performance in a Barcelona t-shirt is in that um, PSG game where they come back. Yeah, that, that is an unbelievable performance, and I think, to be honest, that's when I watched him. Then I'm like, oh, that's a guy who's going to be the best player in the world. And I remember just <sighs> nothing will ever disappoint me more than that. Um, that transfer. Yeah, Mike. If, if I'm right, this is the season after the um, Germans humbling. Brazil yeah. in the yeah. World Cup in the American R. Yeah. That must have lit a hell of a fire under Neymar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Crikey. It's firing. It's interesting you say that because I remember watching, um, uh, I remember reading an article not long after the aftermath of the 7 1 because we had three players playing it. We had Oscar Ramirez. Well, no, we had Oscar Ramirez and um, William. And then I think David Luiz had just been sold to PSG for 50 mil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I should bring that up. And um, I remember them like reading this article that said the Brazil players are going to be shell shocked and they're not going to be able to perform because of this. And they came back and it was Oscar's best ever season for Chelsea. And William was brilliant. They won a league title. And obviously Neymar was incredible. And um, thinking about Iron Robin in 13 14, uh, no, 12 13, who was actually going to be my pick 
but is not. Um, the season before, he lost in three finals, World Cup, Pokal, Champions League, and um, came second in the league. And like missed a penalty in the Champions League final. And it's like the next season, he was unbelievably talented and he just had this drive and determination. And I just think something about great players, they don't let disappointment get them down. They use it. They sort of like, it's not the pain that hurts you, it's the pain that fuels you. Mm-hmm. And I just I think it's one of the most impressive things about Neymar in this season. I definitely, I definitely think there's something to that. Yeah. Anyway, Mike, who's had the best season not named Ronaldo or Messi in the last 10 years? He forms part of MSN and he's obviously not Messi and he's not Neymar either. No? It's uh, Mr Suarez himself. Disneyland, Louis. Yeah, actually the season before Dave's season that he's just described to you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not the right season. Um, <laughs> so Suarez in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, we discussed it a bit on the, uh, on the last pod. Mm-hmm. He was an absolute joke. 33, 33 starts, 31 goals, which for those not so maths inclined is 0.94 every game, mm-hmm. which is a joke, an absolute joke. Joke. Yeah. Um, he also got 12 assists this season, so it wasn't just scoring them. He was making them too. Um, in, in his 31 goals, none of them were pens. He wasn't the penalty taker, which sometimes want, the stats get, get a bit padded. By do you want to know why? Because they had to let Gerrard take the penalties, A, for his ego, and B, to make him actually useful to the team. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, so he didn't score any pens because uh, Gerrard was taking them for whatever reason you may, you may believe. Ego. Um, he also hit the woodwork nine times. So this could have been an even better season if uh, one or two of those had gone in. Um, he scored... 20 with his right foot, 8 with his left foot and 3 headers. He was basically doing everything, uh, including about 47 against Norwich. Uh, <laughs> he, got, he won the Golden Boot, obviously, with 31 goals. He was player of the season in the Premier League. He won two player of the months. Um, if you watch the highlights, I, I haven't seen the Neymar 14-15 highlights, but I, I find it hard to believe I'll be more impressed than when uh, I watched the 13-14. The I mean, there is... that was... I know it's boring and we talked about it last week and it's the obvious pick from what we'd said then, but it is just an unbelievable season that he had. Yeah. H- hence why Barca signed him. Dave? Just looking at the stats of this team, and something's caught me by surprise. Martin Skirtle scored seven goals in the yeah, league this yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> seven? Yeah, he did. Yeah, Sturridge got 21, Gerard got 13, so evidently some of those ego-boosting pens were at least fun in the net. Sterling got nine, and Skirtle got seven. That's outrageous. Wow. That is outrageous. Think of how good the season would be if Gerard could have kept his feet. Um, Dave, what else do you think about um, this Suarez season? Well, I, he was just an entertainer that year. I remember just looking forward to Liverpool playing, to be honest, just see what Suarez could do every week. Will shaking his head, but that's because he doesn't really like people more north than Watford. Um. <laughs> no, that's not true. I just don't like the entire city at Liverpool. Um, Dave's shaking his head. Anyway, moving on. Um, 
I think the best thing about this one, the best and the thing that is, makes this the closest season we've had by a player to Ronaldo and Messi season. Season with Ronaldo and Messi, there's never there's an inevitability every time you start watching a game with them in. Like I've never watched a game, I've never watched Barcelona play and thought to myself, "Oh, Messi's not going to score." Uh, or watched Real Madrid play and thought Ronaldo's not going to score. Like every week, you knew they were going to perform to a really, really high level, and that was the same with Suarez. Like you didn't check Liverpool score; you checked to see how many he'd got. You didn't watch match of the day to see Liverpool play. You watched match of the day to watch Suarez play and to see what he'd done. He was he had just unbelievable. He had like an X factor, but he was it's really weird. He was so special and so different, but at the same time, he was so consistent. It was bizarre. I've, I've, I've just looked up uh, Gerard's stats for that season. Would you like to know how many of his 13 goals were pens? Do you want to have a guess first? 13. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Five. Will? Well, like three. So, so ten of his thirteen <laughs> were, from, were penalties. To be fair, two we... were free kicks and one was a header. So he actually only scored one from open play in that season. That is crazy. Well, there's one for you. I bet I, I wasn't expecting ten out of thirteen. I just thought I'd look it up out of interest. How many? Um, um, how many mistakes leading to lost titles? <laughs> <laughs> priceless <laughs> um, I actually agree with you Mike that um, Luis Suarez's 13-14 season is the best season had by a player not named Messi or Ren- had by an outfield player not named by Messi or Ronaldo in the last 10 years so my pick isn't an outfield player it's um, a goalkeeper it's Manuel Neuer from um, well I guess kind of like I guess 13-14 but not really, because I'm talking mainly about the World Cup as well as his successive Bayern. So it's a bit of a weird one. Um, I've got no stats for you because I couldn't be asked to look them up. Um, <laughs> I've only got conjecture and achievements. So he won a World Cup. He won a league. He won a cup. He won a Super Cup. He won a European Club World Championship. He won all this. But that's not why I think it was the best season. The reason I think it was the best season was because you watch goalkeepers now. You watch Alisson. You watch Edison. You watch Hugo Lloris, although he does it terribly, on this whole new sweeper-keeper. The person who's responsible for bringing that back into being commonly used is Manuel Neuer. Because do you remember, like, I can't remember. I think it might be Germany-Algeria in the World Cup and the ball gets played at the pitch and this bloke gets in behind and I think he's going to get there and Manuel Neuer is like practically right side of midfield yeah like running around like a madman like just ha- not having a clue what's going on he was he made gr- great saves he was like possibly the most vocal goalkeeper I've ever seen Cause, probably because he's like nine feet in this big blonde German he looks like a bad guy in a James Bond film <laughs> he, he's he's just a specimen like yes. My favourite thing about Manuel Neuer is, and I really actually don't like Manuel Neuer, is the fact that he, um, when he take, he's taking a penalty, I forgot we're on Skype and everyone can see me, um, he sort of like slaps the bar like that on um, when he's, when the guy comes up to penalty and then goes like that. 
then slaps it again, and it is frightening. It's like watching a T-Rex play with his meat. Um, <laughs> anyway. <a> <laughs> anyway. <Jeez>. Anyway. <laughs> it's true. It's true is what oh, it is. Oh, God. Sean Longstaff back on the pod. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just that season, I, I, I really like... I watched him, and again, we talk about inevitability. Like I felt like he was so far and away the best goalkeeper I'd personally ever watched play, because he had had it all. Great distribution, incredible saves, and like you just were like, he's a madman. Like he gets in behind, he gets in behind, and he's clearing the ball. Like he's totally changed the way everyone saw keeper. They were able to play with a much higher line, and he would just clear up so much stuff behind. But the reason why. I think he just should have won the Ballon d'Or that year. It was a Messi and Ronaldo. Ronaldo won the Champions League. He was excellent. It was the same usual brilliance from them. But I thought that this is a unique goalkeeper season that should have been rewarded. And also, he won arguably the pinnacle of football, the World Cup. Really, you can argue all day about whether you think a Champions League is more valuable than the World Cup. I mean, to most players, it is. And I just thought to myself that. It's probably the best season I've seen by someone not named Messi and Ronaldo, and it's probably easy for me to say that because he doesn't play in the same position to them. But thoughts on Manuel Neuer, lads? The T Rex. shout. He's a ridiculously good goalkeeper. Ridiculously good. Um, it's very hard for a defender, even let alone a goalie, to come near the top in the Ballon d'Or. So the fact he came third shows you how good a season he had. He was better than Messi that year. He was definitely better than Messi that year. And Messi's got like 0.2% more votes than him. It was farcical. Farcical. Uh, I've still got Suarez as the best season, but oh, it's yeah. a good shout. It is a good shout. Um, I've got one just as an honourable mention that I thought of. Um, this, not necessarily... this isn't last year's Virgil van Dijk, is it? No, no, no. This no. isn't Richarlison 19. No, no, no. Um, that'll be next season, Richarlison. Um, just a season for a player I remember being outrageous was Yaya Torre for Man City 2013-14. He was an absolute monster that year. Uh, scored 20 goals in the Prem. Scored some absolute bangers as well. Just one that I thought of immediately when I thought of it before I really looked into the stats. Will's wearing his hat like Dappy and it's off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> Dappy. Oh, God. What a chap yeah. Daffy is, eh? Um, yeah, that was a hell of a season for Yaya Torre as well. It was, yeah. It was. Um, was that the same season of Suarez? Yeah, same I remember, season. I remember him. I remember, like, you know, you hear the cliches about people literally powering people to a title. Do you remember his goals against Crystal Palace where he just powers through the midfield and scores? That was the cliche come to life. Um, so, that should about do it for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for joining us again and please let us know your picks for um, the best player the best season not by someone named Messi or Ronaldo I think it's quite interesting because they've been at the top for so long and they've been so good for so long that sometimes it's nice to think about almost the world without them I mean it won't be we'll probably be looking back when, when they're gone thinking oh god I wish we were in those times again but sometimes it's nice to think about the times where other people were were unbelievably good, like Kaka and Ronaldinho, for example. 
I think with Messi and Ronaldo, it's just a privilege of being able to watch them play at this incredible level at the same same time. I'll tell you what, I don't I, think we'll ever see anything like it again. I didn't feel fucking privileged when uh, Messi paid off the refs at the bridge. When fucking, <laughs> it's a fucking disgrace, wasn't it, Dropper? Anyway, there's the expletive end of the pod. Um, and that will actually do it for this weekend. Please, yeah. let's, please let us know your picks for all these questions um, and we'll be putting up a poll of who would win in the best five-a-side teams and um, if anybody agrees that it's Richarlison, go throw yourself in the sea. Um, Richarlison might agree. <laughs> even he wouldn't agree. Um, if, you do, if you have any questions, if you have any questions, please email us at inandaroundpod at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at inandaroundpod. We would love for them because, as you know, we're probably going to be in lockdown for a while longer and the more great questions we have the better we can podcast i guess and if you could leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast it would be a huge help it would help us reach more people so we can share terrible sentences about how more man more noise like a t-rex with a giant dong <laughs> um, you can follow me at we 17 where can they follow you mike uh yeah at, at mikey Bresden on twitter uh, uh, best place to follow me um dave where can i follow you uh, at Dave Harris underscore 44. Um, and as always, until next week, please stay safe, please stay inside, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>